This is episode 95 with Cassia Crook. And today we're going to be diving into how to raise money for a film or certain creative projects. This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross. This episode is brought to you by BackerKit. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the spreadsheet nightmares after your campaign is done. Let me explain. Once you have hundreds of new backers for your product, you're going to be exporting a ton of customer data that is probably going to change. People will need to change their shipping address. They'll want to downgrade some of their rewards. They'll want to buy more rewards. And when you don't have a system in place to help with this, it's actually going to be taking a lot more of your time dealing with customer service admin, and you're probably going to screw stuff up, which is not good long-term for customer relations. BackerKit gives you a full done-for-you software platform online where you can easily manage all of your customer data. And my favorite part about working with them is that once your campaign actually wraps up, they help you get additional sales from your customers by offering to upsell to more rewards or options that you may or may not have on your campaign. They have worked with more than 2,000 projects, delivering more than 3.5 million rewards um, and products. This could be digital products or, heck, even physical products to you guys. They've been amazing to work with. I've partnered with them on the show because I've worked with them in the past and they are amazing. So if you are looking for a partner after your campaign, that's going to make your life super easy. They are the ones to go to. To find out more information, go to backerkit.com. But wait, at checkout, they're actually giving the uncut listeners, which are you guys, going to give you 50% off of their setup services. So when you go to backerkit.com, go to checkout and use the five code uncut, U-N-C-U-T. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crowdfunding Uncut. I'm doing something really special for episode 100, which is coming in just a couple of short weeks, and I cannot contain my excitement because, like, as I mentioned on the last episode, didn't think that this little hobby of mine would turn into something that would be the front of a business. So, awesome. Um, This episode, I wanted to do something a little different because when you email our team, uh, sometimes people ask specific questions about content that we haven't released yet on the podcast. And there's one specific guy who came in and he's like, hey, I'm getting ready to raise money for a short film. And none of your podcasts cover how you raise money for a video or film that you're putting together. And I was like, I was thinking that's a great question because I've never raised money for a film. So guess what? Kasha being part of the academy that we have together and one of my students she's been following our work in the podcast for a while she's done several film campaigns and she's helped a few creators now so Kasha how many uh, campaigns have you done in the film industry so officially I've done three campaigns uh, but I also have advised a number of campaigns uh, in more and in, in more informal ways Awesome. Yeah, I really love that because I thought, hey, Kasha, can you come on the show and tell me a bit about how you raise money for something intangible like a film and how you structure the campaign and how you build audience and awareness for it? Because I do like I deal with physical products. But um, guys, if you ever have a question or a topic that you want covered on the show, like we do listen, uh, email the 
the whatever over to support at crowdfundinguncut.com. We'll be sure to find someone if I can't cover the topic myself. So Cash, I'm really, really stoked to have you on the show. Um, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself, what the work you do with creators are in the film space, and also like, how'd you get started in all this? Hi, Kirsten. Uh, first of all, I would like to uh, thank you for having me uh, on your podcast. Uh, so I would say I am an independent, I identify as an independent filmmaker. I also work in education. Um, and when it comes to filmmaking and crowdfunding, it uh, started, um, I would say, almost 10 years ago. Um, I've been always uh, attracted to film. And I've always seen the world uh, in cinematic aspects. And uh, right after I came to New York, I really wanted to make my dream come true. Uh, I would like, I wanted to to work in film. So I started collaborating on different projects, and some of them were directly related to film. So I would get attached on. Firstly, very small projects and gradually getting attached on more complex projects and also worked on um, events um, or projects which were indirectly related to film. And um, at some point, um, I believe it was in 2009 and 10, I volunteered uh, as an event coordinator at the New York Polish Film Festival. And it was the beginning of my journey. It was the convergence of filmmaking and crowdfunding. Uh, because uh, like any art event um, at the time, um, we were in desperate need uh, of last minute funds for the film festival. And uh, luckily, a friend of mine who is a filmmaker as well mentioned Kickstarter, uh, which she told me was a platform uh, which allowed at the time mainly independent filmmakers or creators raise money. And it sounded esoteric to me, yet extremely um, intriguing. And without giving it much thought, I decided that crowd crowdfunding was basically the way to go. And at the time, uh, my approach consisted of a number of educated guesses, as opposed to having a thorough strategy. But even though we didn't have a specific strategy in place, uh, I learned a number of things that are crucial when it comes to running a crowdfunding campaign. And then through uh, this very festival, I started building relationships with filmmakers and getting into collaborations. And that's how it all started. That's so cool. So when you, like, you know, you're helping make a film for someone, and can you tell me the journey where you then discovered that Kickstarter could be the good angle for you guys? Like, had you tapped out of all other kinds of funding that you can get? And then you're like, oh my God, we really need $2,000. I'm just going to try this thing. Like, what did, how did you guys decide to do that first campaign? And why did you choose to go the Kickstarter route? So when it comes to filmmaking, uh, yes, absolutely. And I believe it's crucial. And it's not always a case when that, that a filmmaker has already a certain amount of funds raised and then you exhaust your resources, you exhaust your network and then you hit the wall. And after that first experience uh, with um, raising funds for the film festival, which was a very small um, a campaign and the goal was very low, uh, I realized that... Um, 
what what is very important that at the time the film festival has an audience and as i mentioned before i didn't really know it's not going to sound uh good but i really didn't know what i was doing but i had that trust uh, that when i tap into a community uh a community which shares uh, certain values and I would create a certain platform which would um, resonate uh, with the audience. Um, we can really take any project to the next level. So um, answering your question, um, the first film project that I um, used a crowdfunding for was an animated uh, short titled The Halloween Prankster. It was a short motion animation. Uh, which was created in honor of Halloween traditions with an allegorical twist. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was a project which, actually, I'm a great fan of animation. Uh, I come from Poland, and Poland and Central Eastern Europe has this amazing tradition of stop-motion animation. So if someone mentions the word stop-motion, I drop everything. I can make coffee. I can do anything. I can just assist and be attached to the project. So I would say I was lucky enough to be attached to the project as a, um, as a um, co-producer. And I joined the project at the very last minute. So the creator of the project, uh, Carl Paulino, who is the writer and director, had already some funds raised. Uh, what he was looking into was a certain portion of the funds that he needed for the recording session because um, that was the last of the final part of the project. Um, the recording session, we were based in New York. It was also very interesting that Carpolino turned his apartment into a recording studio. I mean, into a studio in which he animated um, all the project. But we needed to, uh, to travel to Los Angeles to record um, voices uh, with the voice talent and that was the portion of the project we needed the funds for and at the time knowing that um, having a certain audience and a certain community which is willing to um, root for you and support you or will be excited about certain things that you're communicating you're offering I've decided to go for crowdfunding for the second time and we did um, and we, okay, I think I lost the train of thoughts. <laughs> um, we, oh my gosh. Um, yes, yeah, so we decided to, um, to um, go for this uh, Kickstarter campaign, which we put together at the very uh, last uh, minute. So when you say very last minute, like, are we talking three days or what? Uh, so the first campaign, which I did for the uh, film festival, these were, I would say, the very last seven days, which is absolutely uh, not advisable. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. But I want to mention that it's, it's, I think I talk about it and it's more of an anecdote because I would not say yes to any project uh, without an audience, without a social media following, which is put together at the very last minute. If you're lucky enough and you have already existing audience and you have the engaged audience on your social media, yes, maybe you could risk that. At the time, I want to mention it was 2011, 
the crowdfunding landscape and social media landscape were a little bit different. So I would say it was possible. I had to strongly believe it would be possible and did it. Why I did it, um, especially with the second campaign, it was um, maybe two weeks because we had a name uh, actor attached to the project and it was the decisive factor for me to join the project, join the campaign. And even though we had a name, that's very interesting, even though we had a name actor attached to the project, it was extremely difficult to raise the funds um, without uh, having certain things prepared, which could have been prepared ahead of time. Now, I'm going to pause. We cannot forget to thank the guys over at BackerKit for sponsoring this episode. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the logistics, spreadsheets, and um, sorting customer data. Not only do they help make customer address changes super easy or changing rewards after someone has already bought, but the power is that they also help you um, do upsells and downsells and take care of all that. So if you don't have a system or platform already set up, um, they've already built that for you. And the best part, you can find them at backerkit.com, but they've actually um, created a discount code for the uncut listeners, which are you guys. So if you go to uh, check out, use the code UNCUT, U-N-C-U-T. They're going to give you 50% off of their startup services, which is amazing. Um, So if you want to keep selling and keep making money and stay super organized um, after your campaign, they are the guys to go to. I've worked with them on a few campaigns now, and they are amazing. Again, backerkit.com. So it's so fascinating to me when you... Because, okay, these film projects, I have a very hard time wrapping my brain around. So I'm going to grill you as if uh, you're coaching me. So you talk about having an audience before launch, which is massive with any crowdfunding campaign. You talk about having an engaged social media following. But with the film, you have, like, limited content because you have, like, the production, right? That's usually it's pre-production because you're looking at using the campaign to actually finish th- the film, right, or the documentary. Um, so what are some, like, how do you build up an engaged audience? Uh, not how you get more followers, but, like, how do you get people engaged for a film on social media and, like, build up that awareness and, like, you know, what does that piece look like before a campaign starts? for you? It's such a great question because I kept uh, mentioning uh, having uh, an audience and build that audience, which absolutely requires time. Uh, But then what if you do not have the time? Uh, And when it comes to filmmaking and in particular uh, independent filmmaking, it's uh, very often a case because as independent filmmakers, we do not always entirely focus on filmmaking. Um, People have day jobs, people get distracted, or even if they have a certain team assembled, uh, because those projects are usually on a very uh, low budget, not everyone is available. And then comes a day when everyone is available and you have everyone you want to have on your team, but you have no funds and you have this very narrow window to to put everything together to build this very crucial audience. I would say if it's a case, because we could talk about an ideal case scenario when we have, say, six, eight weeks when you gradually uh, 
try to find out who your audience is when you so that's the ideal scenario uh you know who your audience is or you're trying to harvest your audience so definitely uh you may want to look for uh similar facebook uh pages um you may want to find uh or look for uh groups facebook groups for example um which uh, revolve around a certain theme, the theme or the topic that you're going to, that your project touches on. And then you gradually engage in conversations. And um, what is very interesting here, uh, that when it comes to creative projects, and I think that we often forget, uh, because traditionally when it comes to art making, uh, we make a project, we create a project, and I would say, the audience or the awareness of the audience audience comes next. You create a project because you have something to say, you want to convey a message, believing that you'll find the audience, but it comes later. What's different when it comes to crowdfunding is that you, you have to realize that very important aspect or very important point that you need to invite your audience early. And for a number of of filmmakers, artists, it's a somewhat of a paradigm shift that you need to be aware enough to invite your audience into a conversation. And um, what I've seen also on, um, crowd, on Kickstarter is that people talk about their projects in terms of wanting to have a conversation with their audiences because of the topic, which they know they will resonate with the audience. But then I look at their social media, I look at the Kickstarter page and there is no conversation. And I would say on a very subconscious level, there is a disconnect. If you are asking people for help, if you're asking people, first of all, to engage in the conversation and then also to open their hearts, open their wallets, yet there is no conversation. So how, how to do it? And that's um, engaged. So is that the like engagement piece you talk about is to provide a bit of value up front? Like maybe it's yes. a, a sneak peek or because um, that's what I'm curious about. Like yes. with, with your projects, what are some things that you've used to get the conversation going? Because you can use those like kind of those same strategies when you're live, but they're so important before you launch. So like what does that look like for you to get the conversation started? Absolutely. So uh, what you do is um, that you ask questions uh, or you post uh, content. I would say post prolific content. So you can post uh, articles related to the topic and then you can ask engaging questions. So as opposed to just dropping an article link, uh, which is already something because you're going beyond your project, you are entering the territory of the theme which your uh, audience might be interested in because it's not only about your project it's about what your project is about so definitely uh, posting um, articles uh, related to the content or people who uh, create or have created similar projects um, you do uh, want to because uh, I mentioned the word conversation so many times, it wasn't really mean. Um, conversation is one thing. Conversation will be asking a question, asking a question about what the audience think about a particular issue and how they feel about the issue. Uh, but also um, 
What is very important is inviting the audience uh, into the world of the artist. Uh, so by inviting is, for example, when I look at my favorite artists, it's what I admire about them and how I um, really understand their language or their world uh, or how I think I seem to know them so well is that I know also uh, what drives them. I, I know their antics. Uh, I, I know what inspires them because they make this information available. So it could be, for example, what we did uh, for my second uh, crowdfunding campaign, uh, which was a, a short film titled Sketch. And um, Sketch was a, a project uh, which revolved around the issue of uh, racial profiling and vigilante justice, uh, assigning uh, markers of guilt. Uh, we did post a number of topics. We found, I looked for blogs and pages uh, which covered the topic, and it's a very broad issue. It's a conversation that I would say luckily people started um to have. So uh, there is a number or there are a number of resources. So I would post, we would post um, articles, we would post uh, people who who have something to say about the topic, people who engage in a conversation. But at the same time, um, with the second campaign, we created a vlog. Because we put the second campaign also two, three, three, two weeks before the launch and there was no social media presence and I knew that there is only a certain limit of followers you could generate, at least for film, without advertising because we didn't tap into, we didn't run any um, uh, Facebook uh, ads. So I knew that there is only a certain number of people you could um uh, basically invite your uh, Facebook page uh, within, for example, a two-week period. So what we did, we had, for example, 150 followers, which is not that many, but we, I made a point that those followers are engaged, that those followers are informed, that we bring our wor world um, closer to them. So we created this uh, idea of a vlog. So um, it was right after... Um, the campaign was launched. Um, there was, of course, a launch, uh, the pitch video in which the director of the film, Maria Matiallo, talked about the campaign and, and her inspiration and the needs, but there is only a limit. Uh, I don't think that uh, pitch video should exceed more than two limits. So we wanted to go beyond and we created a vlog which we posted on a regular basis. If I remember well, there were eight uh, vlog episodes and we posted them initially. I mean, the first place where we posted uh, was in the update section uh, on the Kickstarter page. Mm -hmm. And I find it very interesting. It could be something very personal, but I do check out a number of Kickstarter uh, campaigns and I look at what makes them successful or not. And it's not always, um, it's not always the case, but uh, I've noticed that the campaigns which engage with uh, their backers and the audience are um, using different channels and different avenues are much more successful. Uh, to me, if I see that there are updates in the update section, it means that 
the filmmaker hasn't or the creator hasn't forgotten about me, that it's not only about raising funds and forgetting about the backers, even though if, if it's unwittingly done, sometimes it sends a certain message that I'm forgotten. I, I, I pledge I donated the money, but I don't know how the, the, um, the project is progressing. And this is what we did with this vlog every few days. We summarized the progress on the Kickstarter campaign, but not only, we summarized the progress on the project. So we talk about, for example, meetings, any meeting with a producer or, or if there was, um, um, the location scouting took place. We talk about it. Um, we talk about uh, Mariama Diallo, the director, talk about her inspiration, why she really decided to make this film and what triggered her. And, and she got really personal, very personal, very vulnerable and transparent, which she couldn't because of the structure and the time limitation in the pitch video. I feel like You've brought up a really good point with your use of these vlogs or video blogs mm -hmm. during your campaign, because I could tell you having done several product launch things that they're in your updates. If you know, you have to communicate regularly with your audience, because that is so important. Uh, I totally agree with you there, but there's only so much, Hey, we still have early bird pricing on, or Hey, our campaigns raised $15,000. Like there's only so much you could do of that in a 30 day period. And your use of using video content is such a great way to keep it fresh and people engaged and still sharing. Cause they could say, like see halfway through your campaign, like, oh man, how's the location scouting going? Tell me a bit about that. And it's like, it just makes it so much more than just give me your money. Right. So I Absolutely. really, really love how you, how you've done those. Absolutely. And it also served another purpose. Uh, since the following was quite uh, was limited uh, on a Facebook uh, page, which was created basically at two weeks before um, uh, the launch date, uh, a vlog is something shareable, and a vlog also is something easily recognizable. Because if you start, uh, for example, you launch a, a campaign, and then say that you're very active. Okay, you're active, and you're coming up with very, you're generating prolific content, but then. Um, there is a certain drawback to that because there is so much that it's difficult to distinguish between, okay, I posted an article related to the theme. I posted uh, some other industry news and then I posted an update and a thank you to the backers. And then it all becomes the white noise and people start tuning it out. So with this invention of, or the idea of a vlog, it was something recognizable because Mariama would always um, recorded in the same room and this room was had green walls so there was this recognizable feature so we created a pattern so it was something to look forward to and something that could easily stand out and also something easily shareable and I have to say that why I decided to do it um, it's also something very important when you have a uh, little time to uh, to prepare for the campaign you look at your strengths and you look at what converts best, and you look at how much time it takes to execute a certain step, and you go for it. When I met Mariama um, uh, Diallo, I think three weeks before their plant launch, I almost said no. 
because then Mariama also told me that, oh, well, I didn't, I'm not really active on, on Facebook. I'm not really into it. And I thought it's, it's a no-no. But then I got to meet her. She had such a shining and amazing personality so likable and I knew immediately okay we need to put you in front of the camera more than once we need to go yes (laughs) we need to go beyond the pitch video because she does have this amazing personality and this very rich personality and she does once she starts talking to you she does genuinely invite you into her world and we also structured that um so, uh, so that was the, the, also the second reason behind to create something shareable. If I'm not mistaken, because I recently started diving into all the inner workings of social media, but a year ago, because that campaign um, was launched a year ago, um, uh, I don't think that there was even a live Facebook feature. So we didn't even think about that. We thought of uh, posting first the, the vlog at the any vlog episode in the update section and then we would repost it on the project uh, Facebook page and then all of us uh, would repost it on other social media channels. I really love that. You brought up some really great points that it's it's funny because I find that a lot of what you do in the film category, there's a lot of overlap between that and like the strategy that I would use on physical product things because they're so relevant, like engagement is number one, um, I find. And one thing that I'd like to, I'd just like to cover one more topic before we wrap it up here, but what do you do for your rewards? Like, I know you've been on a few different campaigns now. Have you seen any reward or perk packages work much better than others that you kind of go to as your default when you structure a campaign in the film category? Yes, absolutely. So, yes, I I would say that the rewards and designing the rewards is extremely crucial when it comes to filmmaking, uh, because filmmaking is not a product. I mean, you can call it a product, but I don't think you should market it as a product. Filmmaking is all about storytelling, and it's about um, having uh, or providing a certain experience and making your audience, your backers, part of the project and this is I think what is so attractive about uh, I think this is what exactly attracts backers because they're not going to get a physical product they're not going to uh, receive something that will physically solve their problems it's something that they either relate to so um, or something that will provide an experience that they would not get otherwise so it could be for example, an autograph, uh, picture of our work, artwork or imagery uh, from the film or uh, what we did for the second campaign, the Halloween Prankster, we used autograph, uh, autograph storyboards from the film. Um, also, it was a local project, so I know that we would exclude the backers who were not from New York, even though we invited them to come to New York. But of course, we would not cover the travel costs. Mm-hmm. We invited um, one of the rewards was uh, one hour behind the scenes access tour of the New York City studio. And also, um, what I think is very important because um, I think all of us, uh, I think it's about human psychology. We respond to different triggers and uh, we like to be recognized. We can do 
things we can help people because we want to help or we want to see someone succeed uh, because maybe we can't do what someone is doing. I might be working in finance and I had always been dreaming of um, becoming a filmmaker, but I didn't. I see this person who is ambitious and I really want this person to succeed. But at the same time, I think that we are a little bit I'm going to risk the work selfish or um, we maybe selfish is not the right word, but um, and I'm going to go for the even worse word, narcissistic. No, it's also we bad. really are. But we are. We are. And we have to fight that. And I think, I that think. It, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just narcissistic. Of course, the pejorative uh, term or selfish. It's about maybe the need. Um, I wouldn't say that, but it has something to do with it. It's about uh, the need of being recognized and being involved. So um, what we did and what worked well, uh, we offered was still the, I'm talking about the uh, project, the uh, Halloween prankster. We offered um, backers likeness, like the face or the head that his likeness uh, will, would appear as an animated character. And so we would basically ask, we asked a backer to, um, to send a picture and then the animator would uh, copy the features uh, of the backer. And, and I think this is something timeless and, and, and this is a true appreciation of, okay, you helped us, you, you, we are making this project together in a way and we invite you and um, you are in a way eternal <laughs> through this project. So it definitely um, worked. Um, also, um, when it comes to experience or physical things, anything related to anything that comes from the set, um, mm, specific objects even, uh, or mm, what we did with Mariama for sketch, um, we offered a Skype session. So basically, um, we offered um, exchange of skills or basically skills. So we, um, one of the offerings was a Skype session uh, with Mariama that would um, teach someone or give some tips on screenwriting. So I would say to answer this question, uh, anything that uh, reflects, reflects, reflects the the experience of filmmaking or anything that gives backers a glimpse into the process of filmmaking and involving, truly involving, physically involving uh, backers into your project. And something that is very common, but it works perfectly. And I would always advise doing it and uh, tie and tying this award uh to an award which is not highly priced is offering um, credits, film credits. Oh, uh, yeah. People love it. People love it. And, you know, they, they are going to talk about a film project and they're going to tell their friends that their name is in the credits, that they participated in a way in the project. And I think this is special because we get to, we tend to romanticize film and and I think we have to, it is romantic, it is poetic. And, and I guess when you invite people to ask people to help, I think you need to, you should remember that it's very important to, to share this magic and poetry with them. And, and, and this is 
highly appreciate it. Yep. I love it. I can see why you're so like good at what you do because you're so passionate about it. I really love seeing that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so cool. Um, well, we're going to wrap it here, but I just want to say like, thank you so much for coming on the show and like sharing your wisdom and stuff like that. I know I've learned quite a bit about a new vertical that I've never worked in. So that is fantastic. Um, I'm wondering, my last question is going to be if you had to give advice to yourself right before your first campaign, what would that one piece of advice be? Mm, what would it be? Um, so to be even more, uh, to be a better of a listener uh, when it comes to listening and connecting uh, different communities and, and um, okay, I have to think of another advice. <laughs> Uh, yes, definitely. I would give myself this advice of of paying closer attention to to um, a given community and remembering about the power of the community and and constantly keeping a conversation going and never ever taking your community community for granted. Well said. All right. Well, if there's anyone listening who is gearing up for a film project and they're looking for extra help with someone who specializes in this, where can they find out more information about your work, how to contact you, that sort of thing? Uh, so I just started an official page on Facebook, uh, which is named um, Crowd Chime. And that's where I post uh, information about crowdfunding. And that's where you can find me or my my personal email. Okay. I'll make sure to link both of those below the show notes, which will be available at crowdfundinguncut.com slash blog. This is episode 97. So just be sure to grab that. I haven't found a better way to link people easily verbally to that, but I'll figure that out one <laughs> thing at a time. <laughs> so, cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. This has been awesome. Thank you for having me again. Thank you, Kristen. All right, guys. So this wraps up another episode. Stay tuned. Two weeks, episode 100 or whatever. Um, if you are in the middle of planning your crowdfunding campaign, which most of you are, um, we do have the Crowdfunding Product Launch Academy, which is a monthly membership loaded with um, just giving you the support you need during, before and after your launch, as well as like a full video tutorial library of anything and complete access to moi. So how you do that, you go to crowdfundingproductlaunchacademy.com and we do have a $1 trial on. You could test it out for seven days and if you love it, you could stay in. Uh, anyways, all links in the show notes and if uh, you, this is your first time listening to any of our podcasts, you can check out more free topics on everything launch related at crowdfundinguncut.com. So thank you for being a loyal listener and I love you and we'll talk to you next week. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and 
scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launchpad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launchpad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.